I was talking with a friend the other day, not long ago, about the times, the circumstances, and the occasions that, in this case, he and I regularly give glory to God, you know, no matter what happens. My friend went on to tell me that there was a time in his life when he was convinced that his uncanny ability to take apart and diagnose problems with mechanical things was simply due to his intelligence, due to his skill, and due to his experience. Actually, this is what he said to me. I have a sixth sense when it comes to fixing mechanical things. And then he continued, But now that I know the Lord, Jesus, and he's a regular part of my life, and I'm slowly growing in my faith in him and my abilities to fully trust the Lord in all things, whenever I successfully diagnose a problem and then fix that problem, I just stop right there and I immediately give the glory and the thanks to God. Yes, I believe, I now believe that God has given me this sixth sense to fix things as a gift. So I give him the glory and I give him the honor. Friends, I'm reading to you from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. And even though the reading this week is a bit broader, I'm only going to focus on uh, two or three verses here. Okay? Luke chapter 1. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Well, if you are a church person of sorts, and you regularly hear and listen to the Bible, then you know that today's Bible reading is from a very important part of the Gospel of Luke that we almost every year hear in the month of December, usually during Advent, which is, of course, that, you know, that special time that gets us ready for Christmas. Even if you're not a churched person, you know that in October, and of course, if you live in the desert southwest and it still feels like summer, it's really weird hearing from the Gospel of Luke, and it's really strange hearing Mary's uh, response to the angel and to her family about having the baby Jesus in her near future. I mean, what a crazy time of the year to be hearing a reading that we would normally hear close to Christmas time. However, if you're like most people I know today, you really appreciate during this very chronic coronavirus journey of having constant reminders that God is willing and able to assist us with facing the giants of our lives every day of the year, not just during December, not just like Mary was getting ready for a huge obstacle in her life, but God's ready, willing and able to help all of us every day of the year. Indeed, I'm one of those. I just visited with someone who said, you know what? I need constant reminders that God's in charge of what's going on in this crazy world that we live in right now. Well, you know, there's really no doubt that young Mary, the mother of Jesus, she knew she was facing a giant of immense size and breadth. She had just been told that her whole life was now on the line 
and that she was about to face the challenge of her whole young life. Indeed, we get so wrapped up, let me say it this way, I get so wrapped up in the wonder, joy, and excitement of Christmas that I often miss the challenge of giant proportions that really did face Mary and Joseph and their whole family. The enduring word commentary kind of puts it this way, and this is a quote, All this took more trust in the Lord than we might think. Mary agreed to receive a pregnancy that would be seen as suspicious, and this in a culture that had a potential death penalty for adultery. Mary identified herself with sinners so that the purpose of God would be fulfilled. But our language concerning her should at least never lack the dignity and respect manifested in the word of Gabriel. Hers was the crown, hers was the glory of all motherhood, and we should ever think of her and speak of her joyfully, reverently, and with holy and good thoughts. So as you and I, back to today, as you and I head into the latter part of this very unpredictable year, and we're gearing up for what many are saying is the most important and most significant presidential election in our lifetime in America, when whatever the results that election could bring us, the mother of Jesus still, to this day, gives us a hint about how God wants us to live as we, too, face the giants of our lives. Even though we all have days when, we, when things obviously do not go our way, and it seems like maybe these small things are becoming giants, God still calls and empowers us to do just like Mary did. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Wow, okay, there are some of us in the world today that might think, wow, when she found out this news, she may have said, what on earth are you telling me? How on earth am I going to get through this? Please, you've got to be kidding me. Clearly, though, her confidence rested in God, even when faced with so many things stacked up against her. So as you and I think about Mary, what more can we say about facing the giants in our lives today in the 21st century? Well, maybe you've seen the movie Facing the Giants. Facing the Giants is about a young Christian football coach who has lost touch with what's really important in his life. He's lost touch with his marriage and family as well. He hasn't even bothered to acknowledge God for a long time, and his life is going south in just about every way imaginable. Clearly, like many even today, his future on a daily basis is holding a number of giant problems. Well, my favorite scene in the movie is when, after doing some very serious soul-searching and praying, the coach is meeting with his high school football team just before an important football game. And he gets the players together and he kneels down in front of them and they're all looking at him intently and they're listening to him. And the coach says to them, 
If we lose tonight, we're going to praise him. If we win tonight, we're going to praise him. Now get out of here. Get out there and face the Giants. So what's it going to take for us to allow God to help us face our Giants? And exactly what are some of the most prevalent and dangerous Giants of our lives today? Well, since I'm the guy with the microphone, I get to share with you just a few of these. Number one, I believe our nation, America, is in upheaval. Our nation feels like it's coming apart at the seams almost on a daily basis. And while many who seek to dominate and control fear another revolution is brewing, others are determined to force their agenda, seizing what they feel they've been denied as Americans for so many years. Again, it's resulting in what some are thinking could be another revolution. And now with the president's health in question and all of the questions that are revolving around his health and whether or not he's actually uh, COVID-free or not, as we all continue to get ready for the election coming up, uh, as it's becoming and, and drawing to a head, in the midst of all this chaos and uncertainty, America in many ways, in my opinion, is still in turmoil. I don't think I need to say any more about this one. Secondly, another giant, maybe for you or someone in your family, could be financial trouble. Much has been brought on by the pandemic causing businesses to shut down. I'm aware of that. Jobs have dissolved and the economy has, has goes back and forth, up and down into a tailspin. Even though my family has not been affected much at all by the financial crisis, I know that many folks cannot pay rent or even put food on the table. There are a lot of pocketbooks, empty pocketbooks, in the world today. Thirdly, health challenges. Health challenges. Certainly in my life and in the lives of those around me, the cycle of illness has spiked this year. And I'm not just talking about the coronavirus. For everyone I know who's been in, tried to, to been inside a facility or tried to get inside a facility for either treatment or rehabilitation, the strict visitation policies have made it even more difficult. So many people are either getting ready for surgery or trying to get over the effects and the healing and the rehabilitation brought on by surgery. A lot of losses, health challenges continue to mount up. Next, relationships. Relationships are crumbling. And much of the anxiety I know and the anger is stress-related. I remember just the other day overhearing Wendy say to someone on the phone, just remember, there's a strong undercurrent of anxiety, anger, and uncertainty in most people's lives these days. And she's absolutely right. But why are so many people so shook up? By the way, number five in our list of giants is one of the main reasons why I think so many people have an undercurrent of tension and they're so shook up. Experts are calling it COVID fatigue. And this is what I mean by a huge, extremely dangerous giant 
Commenting on the threatening flu season coming our way this year, experts fear that people will let down their guard and disregard established safety and health protocols simply because they're worn out by all the COVID restrictions and requirements. In fact, one CNN report said that some health gurus are expecting 2,900 coronavirus deaths per day in America by the time we reach December of this year, all due to what they're saying would be people's cavalier attitudes toward preventing the infection. Let me give you an example that happened to me. Wendy and I were discussing the other day the coronavirus numbers in the county in Yuma County. She was looking on the Arizona Department of Health website, and she said to me, no new cases today in Yuma County. I'm telling you, I had this very odd and very appreciated sense of freedom coming over me. Wow, I thought, fantastic. Are we on the way to defeating this virus? Is it really possible that awesome stuff like this could be happening? And I realized at that very moment what experts meant by COVID fatigue. Nothing had really changed, yet a false sense of being released from the necessary restrictions gave me a false sense of security. And even though the article didn't mention this, I'm also thinking that this underlying ongoing tension and anxiety that people are experiencing is also yet another dimension of what many are calling COVID fatigue. But friends, doesn't it all, no matter what these giants are that I just listed, don't they all really boil down to this one thing? Trusting God. Trusting God. I hope in God. I hope that God. I mean, my gosh, what does that even mean anymore? Because for many people, they could easily say, what is there left to hope in? I can remember the number of times, I can't remember the number of times I've heard, especially in the last six months, why is God allowing all this to happen? Or I've heard it go something like this. Where is God today? Why is all this going on? Why is it going on to me? Isn't God going to step in and do something about it? Now, I'm sure there are other giant problems out there looming larger than life. Problems, giant problems that I haven't even mentioned yet. So maybe the sensible thing to do is for us to wisely prioritize whatever those giants might be in our lives. After all, God did give us a brain to think things through. Secondly, let's each remember, and this one right here is hard, hard for a lot of people to remember. We are not alone in this crazy journey. We're not alone as we try to face these giants. For the most part, it is not up to us alone to face the giants of our lives all by ourselves. So what's our next move? What's our next productive move? And what tools do we have in our spiritual arsenal? Well, those of you with a keen mind and a great memory, you might recall that I shared a sermon with this same name, Facing the Giants, back in the summer of 2016. 
Now that sermon too, that sermon as well, was about overcoming obstacles. Now, we faced several obstacles that summer, but the world was a very diff- was different then, and the world has changed a great deal in the last four years, to say the least, especially in 2020. I have changed a lot since 2016, and I'll bet you are not the same person you were four years ago. Yuma first has changed a great deal since 2016. But here's the news alert for the day. Here's the headline news. God has not changed. Did you hear me? In all these changes and in all this crazy uncertainty and in all the crazy ups and downs, God has not changed. God is the same strong, enduring foundation day after day. God's promises still reign. God's promises still ring true, especially when it seems like hearing the truth of the matter is becoming next to impossible, especially when we read the daily news. So this may or may not be a relevant question for you today. So hear me out. Here it is. How on earth does the average mortal praise God when life often seems to be a constant uphill battle? I mean, how do you keep your chin up when so many people are trying to hold your head down? I think a good place to remember and a good place to start is with Mary, the mother of Jesus. David Guzik writes this, Mary demonstrates her trust in God when she says, He who has done mighty mighty things has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary's song shows the futility of trusting in ourselves, of trusting in political power, or of trusting in riches. Mary's trust was in God, and it was in God only. And her trust was rewarded with God's presence, God's grace, and God's God's love in her life throughout all of her years. Indeed, God's love, grace, and forgiveness and power are still at the very core of what you and I believe. Isn't that right? The hate, the division, the destruction, and the lies of the world are all still subject to God having the very last and final word. The many whose lives have morphed into a series of painful losses They're still strengthened. They're still nurtured by caring, loving people who still call Jesus Lord. And there's no question that this journey we're all on will have its difficulties. There's no question that on a daily basis, we're going to face giants to some degree or another. But with God's mighty hand undergirding our lives and our acknowledgement of him as Lord, no matter what's going on, We can and we will face the giants. Lord, I'm here today with open hands. I'm here with an open heart, ready to depend on you to help me through the day, and all the day will bring my way. Help me, O God, be like Nehemiah. Help me come to you for guidance, strength, provision, and protection. As I face tough choices 
and hard situations. Help me remember my belovedness. Help me remember that I am your beloved child and that I'm your representative to the world around me. Help me, O God, to live today in a way that brings to you and your holy name glory, majesty, and honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and give thanks. Amen and amen.